Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome, welcome you back to the uh, Black blog talk uh podcast um i'm i'm your host jameer and um also like like to thank uh Carruthers for uh having me to do his uh blog blog talk in her ministry and um and just allow um all the nuggets of wisdom that uh, he has blessed me with and uh so this this uh these next few weeks i actually want to be talk about uh the book that I read in uh, Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom. And if you're uh, interested in uh, a science, history, astrology, healing, well, testimonies, and uh, I think this this book right here, or actually this uh, blog talk, you uh, would uh, very much be inclined or want to listen to it. Um, and <clears throat> One thing about uh, that I wanted to mention before I start the study, actually, I I wanted to uh, do a book giveaway. Actually, I want to give away a couple of books, and how I determined to do that is uh, I'm going to ask two questions sometime during the the Blog Talk podcast, and I'll let you know that that's the question that's going to be during the, uh, the broadcast. And then you can email me back with with the answer to it because I'll give you the answer to it also. So and then the first two people who respond to my email, then I will I will uh, uh, ship you off for free the free book Manifest Destiny: uh, The Path Towards Wisdom and Autograph. And you also those those of you who I want to purchase the book, you can purchase it on Amazon.com. But uh, so I will be giving away the, the two free you. Um, the two free, actually, they'll be physical books. And my email address is uh, dr, for Dr. D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com. And so you just send your response to that email with your information, and I'll, I'll give you a reply, and it'll be to the, the first two people who uh, – who I get in contact with. So before I start, I'd like to open up in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for your wisdom, kindness, and mercy. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you, Father, that you have uh, sent Jesus Christ, so Father, from heaven, O oh God, Lord, to die on the cross for our sins, O oh God. I thank you, Father, Lord, that uh, we can come to you, Father, Lord, before your throne, O oh God, and, and boldness and confidence, Father, because of uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it's because of him and his righteousness that we're, we're able to do this. Father, open our ears and hearts, oh, Father, to hear to hear from you this evening, oh, God, Lord. Open my ears, oh, Father. Open up my heart, oh, God, Lord, to um, present your word and wisdom, oh, God, Lord, to those who need it, Father, and even for myself also. I ask these things 
In the uh, mighty name of Jesus, amen. So now uh, this uh, book, um, Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom, it actually has several different chapters, but I want to start off in the uh, introduction of the book and uh, its sort of purpose and guidance. And I wanted to start off actually by asking, asking everyone a question. And this is this is not the question I would, for the uh, free book, but this is a question I want you to think about. Uh, do you want or need to be saved? And that's kind of what popped up as I was going through uh, reading a book. And, and the question is, do you want or need to be saved? Or uh, another way to say it is, do you need salvation? Now, I know that some of you uh, may be thinking, about that question and and like, well, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm already saved, but let's go into this um, this question and into and, and the introduction chapter of this book. And uh, actually, I start off by talking about the children of Israel and and the uh, children of Israel actually in the book of Exodus which is uh, talking about them being in bondage in Egypt. And and we know there were very many movies and stories made about um, them being free or going through the process of uh, deliverance from the the Egyptians. But here we see our, our, our Heavenly Father, the chosen people of Israel, that they are in bondage. And in a sense, you know, they, they are saved because they are his chosen children. So they are saved, but yet they find themselves being in a situation where they still need a, a type of salvation or some type of deliverance from the Egyptians. So that's what I'm bringing up in the uh, first chapter of the book. And I call in a, in a book, I actually call this a situational salvation. This is where you are saved, of course, by the precious blood of a, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, but we also see that we can be saved from different situations and circumstances that we may face, and we see we see uh, this examples of this throughout scriptures and some of the scriptures that kind of really stood out to me about this uh, situational salvation or uh, being saved is uh, one of the common words was a. Uh, the Greek word is for salvation. Some versions say, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And it's translated, the word is healed. But uh, in the Greek, it says sozo. So sozo, for this, they, they translate it here. So it could be said, I, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I won't be sozo. But in this case, they transferred it, translated it as healed. So healing is a manifestation of a, a branch of what salvation does. That's like a situational salvation. Another example is uh, in Matthew 24, verse 13. It says, he who endures until the end shall be saved, or sozo. And this is uh, an example of uh, 
eternal salvation or eternal sozo, S-O-Z-O. And it also means deliverance from bondage. When Jesus hung on the cross, those who watched him, they told Jesus to sozo himself. They said save himself or to sozo himself in Matthew uh, 24, I mean, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27, verses 40 and uh, 42. They said, Jesus, sozo yourself. Now, these are just uh, three examples of scriptures. So we see in here we got healing with the woman with the issue of blood. We have the uh, eternal salvation about he who endures until the end. And then we have deliverance where they're using it with Jesus for him to, to deliver himself. So those three uh, scriptures, Matthew 9, verse 21, Matthew 24, verse 13, and Matthew 27, verse 40. And that is actually uh, one of the questions that I want to pose to you is, uh, is where one of the scriptures or examples that I use to uh, support this situation of salvation. And those are, you can use Matthew now verse 21, Matthew 24, verse 13, or Matthew 27, verse 40. And these scriptures, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm watching TV and I don't hear the minister or evangelist. They often skip over the scriptures. They tell a story. But these scriptures, are, the reason why I like to say repeat them a lot is because they're like uh, – these are like tools or weapons or jewels that you can use, and you go back to these references, these numbers and chapters, and they're like, uh, like, oh, okay, so you can get to it immediately. So that's why I like to uh, uh, quote the scriptures. Now, one time, at one time, this is on a side note. One time, I actually uh, was just reading the Bible, and I would just remember the scripture, but I didn't actually remember the verse, and I was like, well. How can I tell someone where it is? So these that right there, those the twenty the verses and chapters are very important and key. So you can uh, help and guide someone else to uh, this wisdom. So uh, what are one of the scriptural examples uh, to support situational salvation? Is the question, and if you email me at drmirj at gmail dot com, the first two people. I will mail you off the, the free book of uh, Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom. So now we see that our situational salvation or the salvation comes in many forms and manifestations. And it could be through a still small voice or one of our favorite ones through a babe in a manger. And our father, he manifests his presence, you know, Sometimes in ways that we don't expect, it could be a gritty and musty place, and we wonder why Why is the Father, why is his presence there in these places that are unknown or they're unfamiliar, and sometimes they can even be uncomfortable. And when the Father, he manifests himself in those ways, in those situations, it's easy for us to stay away from it and shy away from it because it's like unknown it's unfamiliar and it's uh, uncomfortable to us. However, I want to warn you that if if you uh, respond to the Father's presence like that, you could possibly miss whatever he has for you, your situation of salvation, because you're not expecting them to come in that way. And that's what happened to uh, the children of Israel. They didn't, 
They did not expect Yeshua, the, the Son of God, to come in that way, in that manner, and a lot of them missed it. Another example is actually from the Old Testament of, of someone almost missing their uh, situational salvation it, uh, in where the Father, he wants to come in a certain way. is uh, In Second Kings, Second Kings chapter 5, and I want to give you a quick summary of that. Second Kings chapter 5, and it's a, um, a very familiar story, but uh, we have our, our Heavenly Father, and then we have Naaman. And, and Naaman, he led the king's, he led uh, King uh, er, Aramud, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, he led him to many situational salvations through battle, so he was this great warrior, and he was leading people to victory. However, he was now in a place where he had leprosy. Through a series of events, Naaman ended up traveling to the prophet Elijah's house. And in moments, he could be healed and able to continue his violent work. But uh, what happened next only angered Naaman. So Naaman was expecting, okay, I'm going to show up to Elijah's house, and I'm going to be healed, and I can continue to do what I was doing. Now, this is Elijah's response. Elijah, he didn't even leave his house to greet Naaman. And Naaman had traveled all these miles to go come see him, so that that right there would just be disappointed and anger. I mean, you travel all these miles, you think that uh, they would invite you into the house and greet you. But instead, Elijah sent his servant, and he told Naaman to dip himself seven times in a muddy Jordan River. Now, Naaman, he might have, like, as he was, like, on his way up there to see Elijah, he might have envisioned Elijah embracing him and inviting him into his house. He probably thought that Elijah was just going to lay his hands on him or put the rod or something over him and say, be healed. In fact, he said that in so many words. In in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 11, he said, I thought that he would surely come out to meet me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me. So this is Naaman. He said, hey, I thought this was going to happen. But he said, no, you got to go to the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times in there. So Naaman, he reluctantly did as the prophet said and received his situational salvation or his deliverance from his leprosy, his sozo, his miracle. One important truth about miracles and salvation that I wanted uh, also to explain to you, this is kind of a, a side note, is uh, that the purpose of miracles is not only to demonstrate our Heavenly Father's power to those who don't know him, because uh, it does when people... Miracles, signs, and wonders, that draws them to the Father. But it's also so that he can show his love and concern to those who are in hopeless situations. That's what he wants to do. When uh, Moses and the children of Israel, when they were uh, trapped in a great sea and a raging army, remember that? And they was like, it was the sea and the army was coming against them. And you know what our Father did? 
Armies to become saved because a lot of times people say that well the only way God will work miracles and have deliverance and salvation is so people somebody can become saved and know, know the Lord and He does do that for that reason but there are cases and times and situations where He just wants to express and show His love in that way and it's because we as people we we need deliverance from different situations and circumstances so basically when I I'm trying to get over to you is don't believe that your Heavenly Father will only perform a miracle for someone to come to Christ. Though so that is that is his greatest one of his greatest desires. But he he's also concerned for you as an individual and he will do a miracle for you if if you're you're just in your house all by yourself. Now you can go testify about it to tomorrow or the next day or whatever and call someone to become saved for that for that miracle, you know. But People don't have to be around what I'm saying, and and it's it's for His glory. It's always for His glory and His purpose. And even if it's you by yourself, you know. So, I just wanted to point that out. Now, as we uh, grow through this, go through this study um, with this with this book that we've gone through and, and the scriptures, I kind of want you to think about it as uh, the book. Manifest destiny, but also even more than that, the word of God and the different scriptures I'm giving to you as a as your life jacket, and uh, that you're on a uh, sinking ship because this world, you know, and the things of the world, the things that that are valued by the world, it's it's sinking, it's perishing, you know. But we, with the word of God, we we don't have to sink with it because we got a life jacket and we we can preserve it, and uh. We use the scriptures, the written word, and then we use uh, teachings. And in this example, is, um, I'm talking about the book. So as, as we uh, go through this uh, study, you know, I, for some people I find that some of the, the things that I mentioned in the book, they uh, make people uncomfortable. They take, may take you down an uncomfortable road or uncomfortable path. And, uh, it may even cause you to feel spiritually dirty, but uh, what you may think or perceive as dirty and muddy waters, it uh, just may be a lead to your healing or your, or your deliverance or your revelation that you need for that situation. Just like Naaman, he perceived that uh, the river, the Jordan River, as dirty and muddy. He did not want to get into it, but then there was this healing, deliverance, and uh, revelation for that situation. And I just want to encourage you that uh, if there is something that's missing in your life, like some type of a victory that you're not achieving, it could be in your finances, health, relationships, career endeavors, uh, ministry, whatever it may be, I'm, I'm hoping that through this uh, teaching that we'll be going over the next few weeks, that uh, you will find some nugget or jewel from the, the word, the oracles of our Heavenly Father that uh, will, will get you over that hump or bust you through that wall or cause that mountain to be removed in your life. And that's that's one of the whole purposes for, for Scripture in general. Uh, that's one of the, my motivations uh, for the, the book that I wrote. Now, 
And, of course, there's, there's some things that I, I might say through this teaching you may not, not necessarily agree with. And my, my hope is that you will uh, discover the truth that uh, our Heavenly Father wants you to have, the truth and understanding that he wants you to get out of it. Now, with the title, a lot of people say that title right there, Manifest Destiny, is it has a very negative connotation to it because uh, many of us, especially here over in the United States, we are aware of that. And basically where, the, where, where that uh, statement came from, Manifest Destiny came from, is uh, basically what they were saying that, that, that uh, God gave them, the Europeans, the settlers, the um, the right to conquer the whole continent of North America, and it was for the glory of God. So that's where the title Manifest Destiny comes from. And maybe they were right that uh, our Heavenly Father wanted them to come here, but I'm positive his plan was for some of them or some of them amongst the settlers, amongst the pilgrims, some of them were invaders, and they was, they actually came to torture, to destroy, and to dominate the people who were already here, who had been here for generations. And and they these manifest destiny, they went under that banner to do those things. But that's, and that's where the title came from. But I believe that our father, he sent, there was a group of people over there who was not like that. And I believe the God destined for for them to be here, you know, the, to spread to spread the gospel, you know, for for not the purpose of destroying or or to bring others down, but they were sent over here to lift up this continent and to, and to bring them up closer and draw them towards the Father, you know. But anyway, to manifest destiny. He was talking about okay, Mexico is ours, Canada is ours, and all America is theirs. You know, but it, eventually it just ended up with the United States part. The, the children of Israel, you know, they have their own uh, sort of manifest destiny. And actually it's in, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, and Genesis 15, verse 18. And basically that was the father in those scriptures. He was talking to uh, Abraham, and he was telling him to walk this way and walk this way. And he said, this land from all the way from Israel from Israel to Euphrates River and all this. So he was telling them all this land is theirs. And if you look at what uh, the father was telling Abraham, and if you look at what they have now, Israel is actually the promise. What uh, the father had promised them is actually smaller, the land that they have, than what was promised to them. And that's because they failed to listen to the wisdom that our heavenly father was freely offering and besides besides them being disobedient, you know, there was uh, another key factor, and it was uh, our common enemy who uh, he he is deceiver a deceiver, you know, and he kind of he kind of uh, loves you know some of the things he loves is Jesus says he loves to what steal, kill, and destroy. Those are like his three favorite things to do every day that he tries to do those things to the people of God. And he, he still, so he stole a lot of the promises from the children of Israel because they were being disobedient, like many of the settlers who are being disobedient, you know, still killing and destroying. And that is what he is doing today to anybody 
who uh, he can touch. Jameer? Jameer, you just cut out. Hello? There you Hello? are. You just cut out. Oh, I did? Oh, no. How far did I, how far was that? <laughs> I heard, um, steal and destroy. <laughs> oh, steal. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm up here talking and I'm okay. So, uh, one of the enemy's favorite things, or favorite three favorite things he likes to do, is to us. I'm sorry, everyone, is uh, kill and destroy. He loves to steal, kill, and destroy. Those those are three things he tries to do every single day. And um, an example of that, and uh, he really wants to do that to the church and the body of Christ, but he does it to everyone. But his focus is on us because we have weapons and powers that he doesn't want to be revealed and exposed. But our the deceiver, the deceivers are our enemy. Uh, I thought about actually an example from my childhood is my father, he purchased me an NBA basketball goal for the backyard. And I thought of um, me and my brothers, my brothers, my sisters, and many of the neighborhood children, we spent hours and hours back there playing on that uh, basketball goal. And I imagine myself countless times winning like the NBA championship because I'm a real big basketball fan. So I was winning NBA championships in my backyard as a kid. But uh, in, our, in that neighborhood, you know, it was it was not a well-off neighborhood. So that basketball goal was like luxury to everyone else. And everyone coveted it. Everyone wanted it. And my, no one could really afford things like that in my neighborhood unless they were doing illegal things. My father, he was a hard worker. He barely could afford it, but he purchased it for me. He, he really worked hard for that. But anyway, one Saturday morning, my brother-in-law came over, and he asked me, where's my basketball goal? And I'm like, where, it's where it always is. This is right there in the back. He said, no, it's gone. Anyway, I went to go check. And, okay, it was stolen. So we spent the next week searching for it, and we eventually found it about seven blocks away and except it was different, you know, because uh, they had painted it and they did some other things, different things to it to deceive anyone who um, might come around searching for it. And what was one mine, it was, it was no longer mine. And it was uh, the people who stole it, the thieves, they were trying to deceive us into thinking that it was actually theirs, but it, it was not. And, I share this story only to illustrate how the demonic realm and our enemy, how he he's operating and been operating. Instead of stealing basketball, well, they, they do that too, the smaller ones. But instead of stealing basketball goals, they have stolen many precious jewels and tools from the church. Matter of fact, when they took these items, they redesigned them and they kind of refashioned them. And they tried to make, like, it never belonged to the church. Like, oh, the church, no, these, these are not for you. And they even want to step further. You know, our enemy, he's very clever. You know, he actually convinced the victims that of uh, the deception that uh, the, that a robbery never occurred. And they said that these Jews have just faded away or they're, they're no longer required. 
And when I talk about the jewels that these precious jewels or precious tools that the church have, I'm actually referring to uh, the spiritual gifts, which are listed in First uh, Corinthians chapter one. Um, I mean, First Corinthians twelve, verses seven to eleven, and through their uh, existence and all, all the powers and miracles, and you know, like that, they they are. Uh, all still recorded, and we know about them through the uh, scripture. But the majority of the church, they have lost the wisdom to to manifest and operate with these special tools and jewels that the Father wants us to have. And many people within the church, not not all of them, but some of them actually teach and believe, especially a lot of scholars, that uh, the gifts have ceased ceased it with the uh, apostles. Uh, but uh, and they they get some very convincing stories and very convincing scriptures, you know that they and they are a lot of them are well meaning. They have a, a heart towards the Father, and they love them just like I do. Probably some of them even more, you know. But uh, from that instance, I believe they they are robbed of the truth and deceived by the enemy. And I begin like this the. Do this study and investigate, and this all in the, in the uh, introduction of, of the uh, book. But when you look at the, the early church fathers of the Bible, and uh, not of the Bible, actually, the, the early church fathers, they're the people who, who actually came after the apostles. And they were like, kind of like, when the apostles were kind of gone and dead, and they wasn't they even no longer walking on the earth, we have what they call the uh, early church fathers. And if you look at, uh, some of their writings, they they uh they are still talking about the gifts, and some of these writings are like nearly two hundred years after the twelve apostles had walked the earth, and even after. Now, some of the examples I want to want to give you is uh um Ar- Arrhenius, his name is I R E N E U S, and he he wrote a book, and the book was titled Against Heresies. It's called Against Heresies. And in his book, he has a, it's in the second chapter, um, and it's in the, actually the second book of it, of Against Heresies, and in chapter 32, and he writes of people who were just laymen, just regular everyday churchgoers, and he talks about them having visions. He talks about them prophesying. He talks about them healing sick, healing the sick and raising the dead. This was all documented. And even... In the second century, there's another example of a Saint Hilary, H-I-L-E-R-Y, a pointer, P-O-I-T-E-R-S, pointers. And he wrote that the manifestation of what we call the charismatic gifts, they were uh, quite common in his day. And in the fourth century, uh, we have another church father named Orion, O-R-I-G-E-N, and he noted how believers possessed the ability to cast out demons. So this is many, many years after the apostles were gone. So there is no doubt that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were still prominent in the early church. And and actually this brings me to my, my second question for the uh for the uh the book giveaway. So again you can email me at drmirj at gmail dot com and you don't have to answer both of them. The first question I mentioned earlier, this question, uh, 
you can just answer one of them. So, uh, what did some of the early church fathers write or say about miracles? And if you could name one of them, if you could just name one of the early church fathers who I mentioned and write what they said about um, the the ministry or about the uh, charismatic gifts and miracles. So that right there, email me, and I will, the first two people respond, I will mail you a book. All right. So now when we read scripture, there's some, I mean, just throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, there's, there's some pretty crazy things going on in it. I mean, we have our older brother, Yeshua, Jesus. He's walking on water, disappearing in the midst of crowds. And like, oh, okay, that's him. You know, we got men in the Bible who's running faster than horses and chariots. We got animals talking. Um, all, all kind of things are happening in Scripture. There's days are being held still. And like, oh, that happened in the Bible days. Well, guess what? The Bible, the Bible days, they're 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 not over yet. Revelation, we haven't even got to most of Revelation yet. Actually, not reading it, I'm talking about experiencing it. So the Bible days are not over yet. Um, okay, okay, where am I? Okay, so you know, I'm thinking about all these crazy things and animals talking. You know, it's kind of like a body, sound like a, a Disney movie. You know, you see animals talking and crazy things happening, but it's this is all recorded in scripture, and some people today they say, uh, well that's heretical. That that's not that's not right. But uh our father, even though some things are way out there, that's true, but that's where we have the Holy Spirit and discernment, you know. And he's gonna guide you to all truths. And he and I guess what I wanna say about this is don't limit him. Don't limit him. You know, I watch a show called Sid Roth and I just see all the miracles and testimonies and they're, they're very encouraging and uplifting because no matter whatever disease or, or situation that you have in your life this the father he, he wants to do great exploits through all of us and I mean whether you uh someone who's never been known you know or, or great minister or evangelist on television um but I believe right now the father's working with people in their living rooms and houses and and all those those types of people, you know. And me myself, I I've seen some things. I I've, I've seen angels. I've seen people cast out demons. I've seen uh animals like pet bulls and all these kind of things running and stopping when someone says the name Jesus. With my own eyes I've seen these things. And it excites me because we have power and authority, not because of us of course, but because of our father, you know, and it excites me because I believe that our Father, He wants all of us to operate in that way, you know. Um, but it just is also it's sad and it's also sad to me because how could such power be lost in the church? You know, how could such power and dumb be lost? And you know, sometimes things are lost is because we we misplaced them, and and in some cases, you know, it's because of we uh, silence the gifts, meaning we uh, we hinder the gifts. Actually, it's a, it's a prophecy, very interesting prophecy. In Zechariah chapter 6, verse 8. Zechariah 6, verse 8. And I'll, I'll read that one to you. It says, Then he called me, and he said, Look, those going toward the north country have given my spirit rest in the land of the north. That's Zechariah 6, 
chapter 6, verse 8. Now, let's examine the word rest in north in uh, this prophecy. So, the original Hebrew word for rest is, mm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, nuwash, nuwash, which is N-U-W-A-C-H, N-U-W-A-C-H. And this means to put to rest, to leave, or even to silence. And that's what that's how they translate it, to silence. So in this scripture, it can be interpreted as saying that in another country, the spirit has been silenced. And we understand, we know, if you look at the globe, at the globe, if you have a globe, it's divided into two hemispheres. We have the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. And as you begin to look at all the continents and countries and nations on that, if you see where most of the testimonies about miracles and manifestation of the spirits are happening, manifestation of the spirit of, of our Heavenly Father is happening, you will see that there is a much greater manifestation in the southern hemisphere. And, and I wonder if this, this, this is a, a coincidence. Did our Heavenly Father foreknow that the church would treat these gifts in his spirit, the very presence of, of the Father, in such a way? Is it possible that uh, the more prosperous nations of the North, like the United States of America and a lot of the European countries, have silenced the spirit of our Father, of the Holy Spirit? And I believe this is one of the reasons why we have lost such gifts and other times, this is like because we just simply have them stolen from them, stolen from us. However, in both instances or situations, we we know what the cause or the motivation or who is behind it is uh, Satan. You know, he's the one who is convincing us because he wasn't. He doesn't want us to be healed, saved, successful. He doesn't want the people who do do uh, we're connected with to be delivered. He doesn't want any of that. And uh, a way that he did that is, uh, or I believe he did, is uh, he uh, ex- he made us forego the treasure, or he, or he kind of ex- exchanged it. He says, okay, he told some people, okay, now we have the manuscripts. So uh, you have the, the word of God, the written word of God now, the church says. So that's exchanging. You don't, you don't need all those miracle signs and wonders because that's what you yeah, and that's what a lot of a lot of scholars say. So then we have a whole lot of academic, and then we have what they call sound doctrine. It crept in the church, and we, in a sense, exchanged all that stuff for okay, we'll give you this, and you take that. But that right there, it should have never been an exchange because we're we're supposed to have both of them. We're supposed to have sound doctrine, and not only that, we're also supposed to have the Holy Spirit. So we're supposed to have all of them. So he, he didn't have anything, but he got he got us to give half of it to him, you know. So he 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 uh, calls us to have a half truth, and I and I and I guess over the time period from when that that negotiation was first starting to happen, we see with each passing day a portion of the truth was continually relinquished each and every day. But I believe those truths are coming back and. It, and uh, our father, he's uh, going to begin the move in a very miraculous way, you know, the manifestations of the gifts and, and the word and, and how they operate hand in hand. You know, we already possess both of them, but we 
gave up one for the other, you know. They're not saying each of us as individuals got overall. And, and you know, say that it took him centuries to do that. And he, he's just a very evil, wicked person. I got to thinking, he, that is always his plan, you know, to deceive and it causes us to exchange. And I thought about uh, the uh, Garden of Eden, you know, and I kind of imagine that. And I want to read this passage from the, from the book that I have. And it's kind of like told in a story way. It says, it had to be one of the most darkest days known to man. So it didn't have to be that way. Like other day in paradise, the love of the father radiated to the garden. The beautiful flowers rocked back and forth with the wind. The rocks praised their father. The mosquitoes, whose thirst was not for blood, flew around. And and the light of glorifying our Father, and the animals dance along the pastures, living in fear and reverence for our Father, and at peace with man. But as the day passed, a strange eeriness began to slither across paradise, and this eeriness manifested itself in the form of a serpent. And he engaged a woman and enticed her into a deadly exchange. He said that if she of a particular tree, she would be like Heavenly Father. She would be like God. And she would change her current state for a godly state. But if Eve had only understood that what she was being offered, she already possessed. The serpent said, she would be like God, and that's in Genesis 3-4. But however, in a sense, she was already like God in ways that she didn't know or she was ignorant of because Genesis one twenty six says that man and mankind, both woman and man, were made in whose image? Our Father's image. So, you know, we know that the, the story of uh, Eve's temptation, and as well as I do, and she partook of the tree in disobedience to the father, you know, Adam, he followed suit. And as a result of man yielding to the serpent, the devil became the master of man. As it says in Romans 6, 16, it says that whoever you submit yourselves to, your servant you become. And they submitted themselves at that time to the will of the enemy. And we see the effects of it. Paradise was lost. And soon, it became only a legend to some. Like people, they they don't even really believe. They say Garden of Eden is just a legend. It's not true. So a world that was once full of life and hope began and became a place of deception and darkness. And I just think about all the the, the fruits and vines and trees and even the mosquitoes. All these things was already here, and they was in an uncorrupted state, you know. But then this happened, and then. Beetle and all them start fighting each other. The animals start fighting each other. So this darkness, it, it, it crept up not only across the earth, but the whole universe. We see the whole universe, even though it's expanding, it is destroyed because they have the law of thermodynamics which says that everything is being destroyed, you know. But however, you know, we have we have something very exciting because a new dawn is approaching us. And a new day is overshadowing this former darkness, this darkness that we're going through. And as this new day comes upon us, you know, 
it's our duty as as a church to, to discover these weapons and amass the enemy because we know that his day is growing short according to Revelations twelve twelve and Matthew three two. And guess what, church? Our our destiny our destiny is it's no longer gonna be denied, you know. So as we go through these uh, next few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna go through like the different tools and jewels that um that I believe is going to cause you to be successful and the things that the Father wants you to have, you know, because we have a, a purpose and destiny during this time to, to free, to liberate, and uh, have access to the kingdom of our Father. Um, I'd like, like to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. And don't forget those two questions that I mentioned in the uh, podcast. And my email is uh, D-R-M-E-R-E at Gmail. Oh, I'm sorry, D Dr. Mir J D R M E R E J A Y at Gmail dot com and you email me and you uh provide uh one of the questions that I mentioned and the answer to it and then your address and the first two people to respond, I will mail you off uh, a free book, Manifest Destiny, the Path Towards Wisdom. Um Dorothy, are you there? I'm still here. That was very good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, the father, he's, he's very good, and he, he's uh, opening up uh, many doors and opportunities for us to uh, minister and speaking to people, people that's in everyone's life, even the listeners he has on ministering to, you know. So, um, I guess I'm a, I'll close out in prayer. Did you have anything? Want to say? Uh, no, no, no okay. questions. It's, that's unusual for me, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as as my girlfriend from Ireland would say, I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thank everyone for listening and tuning in. Um, I'll close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this this day, this time. Father, draw us towards you, Father, or draw us towards your love, oh God. Father, speak to the hearts of your people. Let the Holy Spirit move freely, oh Father. Let us not hinder you. Let us not hinder your miracle signs and wonders. Let us not hinder your love, oh Father. And, and let us not be deceived or tricked by our enemy, Father. But let us draw, in, draw closer in unity towards each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter whatever nation, skin color, or whatever division the enemy tries to bring against us. And let us not be deceived by him, but let us know that we are all one through Christ. Father, I thank you, God. Thank you. Um, I thank you that you are um, moving and, and causing people to have uh, a restful sleep this evening and protection, oh, Father throughout the week, oh, Father, from any hurt, harm, and danger. And uh, we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So what aspect are we going to be looking at next week? The next one we're going to be going, actually, the so we did just did the introduction. Now we're going to uh, wisdom, knowing wisdom, chapter one. Chapter one is no one. Oh, that's a so. that's a good chapter. I like that one. 
Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a lot of information in there, but it's it's a it's a good good fast read, and you you guys will enjoy what uh, the father will say to us next week. Okay. So, Father, bless everyone. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next time. And thank you so much, Shamir. Well, thank you, Dorothy. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.